Yeah, I was, like, I was, awesome. trying to, I was trying to gobble. <laughs> well, as you can tell, this episode here is all about owl hooters. And we got James Harrison on here with us doing that. He's with Hook's Custom Calls. He's the creator of the Harrison Hooting Stick, which is a fabulous owl hooter. And today we talked to him about all the ins and outs of owl hooters and how he got started all kind of great stuff about owl hooting. And then we get into talking about turkey hunting techniques and turkey hunting stories. There's just a lot of great information in this one. It was so good, in fact, that we actually left in the small talk that James, Justin, and myself were having before we started actually doing the podcast. So all that talk of us getting prepared for it I left all of it in there. And at the very beginning, it's Justin and myself. We're kind of going over things with Strut South Podcast and all that great stuff and kind of talking about, you know, what's coming. So you guys give that a listen, and then I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And by the way, right now, if you go to our Facebook page, we're having a giveaway right now, and it's going to end tonight, Friday at midnight and it's for an owl hooter it's for an old vintage owl hooter that justin's got it's not a harrison hooting stick but that may be a possibility in the near future and as you're hearing this as well saturday morning is our opening day for georgia turkey season so from here on out you're going to be seeing a lot of videos popping up on youtube and facebook as well so go on there go to youtube hit that subscribe button hit that little bell to get notified for those videos when they pop up and also after this giveaway that's going on now after it's done we're having another giveaway and it's going to be pretty awesome so y'all keep your eyes open for that and let's get to this episode All right, we are back again. We got another episode coming. Turkey season is so close. We can taste it or smell it or whatever you want to say. We got Justin with us today. Yeah. What's up, Justin? What's going on, Mr. Great House? And I'm just getting ready. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Fired up too. We get the we're gonna start this weekend with you season in Georgia and I'm gonna go to Alabama Sunday morning and try to get a couple of first birds for some guys over there. So man, I'm Heck fired yeah. up. Heck yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm I'm ready. Um 
we got Justin today, Justin and myself, we're going to do a podcast with a man with the name of James Harrison. He um, He's with Hooks Custom Calls. He's uh, just a pretty pretty big time turkey hunter like all the rest of us are. Yeah, and he makes the greatest <laughs> owl hooter known to man. Yeah. So, that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have to say he's definitely... Uh, He's definitely up there when it comes to his owl hooters. Um, but we're going to get with him here in just a few minutes. And right now, we're just kind of going to go over, you know, kind of what's going on with us. As Justin said, you know, he's going to be hunting in Alabama here very soon. Be filming in Alabama. I won't yeah, be yeah. Over there, but, I am, but I am going to lay down some monster footage on a place that's pretty virgin to turkey hunters, so... It's a big place. It's pretty going to be virgin to turkey hunter. So I'm I'm pretty fired up about it. Um, yeah, that's going to be excited. That's going to be pretty awesome. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they'll they'll be able to get them one on the ground. I'm uh, a little behind though. Like I don't have all my calls in my vest because I've had them out and I've been running all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to put everything. Got to put everything in there. I don't have everything. I don't have everything packed in my vest yet i still got to put a few things in there but it's hanging up it's definitely ready all my cameras oh, yeah. ready mine's always hanging up yeah yeah well we got um before we get into the podcast i want to let everybody know we really appreciate all the support y'all are really uh we're really getting a lot of feedback and we're liking it hope y'all are liking it hope y'all are liking the podcast Hope y'all are liking what we're bringing to y'all on Facebook right yeah. now. What you got? You got something, Justin? Yeah, I was gonna say YouTube, man. We've been them videos. up, you know, Peyton, Peyton's working hard putting those videos up. We posted quite a several from from last year. Um, I think they're doing well. Um, we we definitely appreciate the support on YouTube. Um, one thing I do want to touch on though is. Um, we want, we do want to we want to do a couple of giveaways here coming up, um, but everybody kind of have to bear with us because we don't really have any um, sponsors for turkey hunting. Not that we don't want any; it, it just kind of keeps everything open. The guys can run whatever, but hey, you know the options always there. But anyway, we just want to let people know the reason we don't do giveaways like most other pages and stuff is because. Um, the giveaway stuff that we give away of stuff that we purchase that we own personally. So we've um, anyway we got some stuff coming up. We're gonna do on Facebook and YouTube, and y'all just keep following us for for that that stuff to be posted. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff there. And and also, um, if you want to keep up with the podcast, go on there. Uh, subscribe like or whatever it may be it, it's different on all the platforms the podcast is on several different platforms i mean we got we're on itunes anchor tuning radio spotify pretty much every everywhere you can be for a podcast we're there so yeah. if you're on there and you want to listen to future episodes and get notified get on there subscribe or rate us leave a review and all that good stuff and when you do that it helps 
other people see the podcast it makes it more visible for everybody so it takes a couple of minutes ryan Ryan, you've been doing an awesome job with the podcast also i really appreciate that man i appreciate you're pulling you're pulling some some guys that some big name guys here and we're i mean we're nobody we just like shooting turkeys in the face and you're you're really you're working hard i'm glad you i'm glad you you found something you're good at I really appreciate that. I, I, I like to think I'm good at it, or at least I, I try to tell myself I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, guys, y'all go on there. Do whatever it is. You know, it might take you a couple of minutes of your time. Get on there, subscribe, all that good stuff, and rate us. And we're going to keep this podcast coming. And we got a lot of good episodes coming up soon, a lot of good episodes. We're getting ready for turkey yeah. season. Let's get so James gonna, Harrison on here. We're going to get James on here, and uh, we're going to talk to him about some turkeys. Yeah, he's. it should take just a few minutes to for him to get it, get it rolling. I'm fired up, dude. Are you? Mm-hmm. I may have to back out and re-invite both of y'all. Oh, wait, wait. Right. Hey, there he is. hold up. Hey, I am here. I, I do believe I am here. Yeah, you are. Yes, sir, you are. Awesome. See, an old, an old hillbilly learns a new trick tonight. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, we're right there. We're right there with you. We're we're just Georgia here. Okay. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm just a Southern Missouri hillbilly, so we're all fit in good together. <laughs> <laughs> I bought one of the Osage orange, and I asked you about um, a crow call. That oh, okay. It. What I, what I what I would need to do. So I mean, I'm sure people probably ask you that well, too. I so. can. We're not really. We're not narrowing down the play. I can. Game. I can fix you up with an Osage out. <laughs> oh, oh, I got one. I bought one. I mean, a cro- a crow call. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah. No, I can. I right. tell you what, I turn so much at the shop. You know, I'm up in the shop pretty much this time of year. It's uh, every waking minute, so I'm turning turning calls and then i usually start on owl hooters and crow calls about right when our gun season ends about the end of december right before thanksgiving i'll be in the shop pretty much full time turning so i I turn a lot of owl hooters and crow calls in the year you're you're the man you're the you're the owl hooter master (laughs) right ryan will go through and edit all all this all this rambling out yeah right so it won't be on the um and when we start because i ramble yeah, well, hey, that, hey, that just makes it. That's why you're you're here, so you can talk for an hour. We don't even have yeah, to say. Yeah, that makes it makes it easier for <laughs> makes it easier for us, so we don't have to we don't have to come up with stuff to say. Well, I was getting ready to tune some owl hooters, so you guys can just sit there and listen to owl hooters for about an hour if you want. Shoot, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I, now I was gonna probably run the owl hooter in the conversation. Does this thing sound? You know, before this podcast start, I'll I'll blow this thing, let you guys hear it to make sure. You know, I'm not too close on top of it or anything like that. So here, so here, here it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like that. All right. All right. Put that real owl up and blow that out. (laughs) Yeah. Talking about. Yeah. That. No. That was. That was it. That was my old walnut, old crusty (laughs) walnut right there. Oh yeah. You know. That sounded good. Some of them you blow it and it gets too loud. You know, and uh, you can you can. It sounds terribly distorted when you run it, you know, over a microphone. Right. Yeah, it's it's not distorted. My dog ate my walnut one, so that's why I bought the Osage <laughs> one. At the convention. 
that that Osage you got right there from me came from uh, northern Missouri when they flooded Truman Lake and made Truman Lake actually. That was a bunch of Osage that they had cut and pulled up out of there and put in big old piles. And uh, that Osage came from there, actually. So, I mean, that's probably some – that Osage you got there is probably running – I mean, no telling how old it was when they cut the tree down, but it's 80-year-old Osage. And I know I had Man. some in there that the old boy said his grandpa cut in the 1900s. Oh, wow. And, I mean, that's some, that's but, some good – that's aged per- perfectly. <laughs> I mean, those laminate ones were beautiful. I mean, they were, they were just, they were gorgeous. But that, man, that orange, that flame, I just I couldn't say no to it, and it sounded awesome. So, yeah, yeah. I'm happy I with bought it. one, too. I, he actually, I wasn't planning on buying one because I already had the, yeah, he I did. already had the poly. I talked to him. I already had it. the poly one. Right. I had it from like a year, a couple of years ago or whatever. And we were walking around, and I was with Justin, and he said, oh, hey. Here's a hooks booth right here. I said, man. <laughs> now what it what it was is I've been walking I've been walking around behind him, blowing that out yeah. here for two days, and he was just like, "I'm gonna get. I think I'm gonna get <laughs> yeah. one." I said, "Well, you're in luck because we're standing right in front of the hook." There, yeah. yeah. Well, you're right there now. I was like, "Well, I got it's got to go home with me then." <laughs> yeah, and you know the synthetics and the polys. I mean. This, they they run great. I, I don't have. I've ran them for years and hunted with them. You know, I I run everything we make, and then it's the same gut system that I put in my custom ones. You know, we didn't change nothing up. Just some guys like that synthetic. You know, cause, oh man, I get them wet and this and that, and I and I get it. I understand. That's you know, I'm a I'm a wood guy by trade. I'd rather have wood. You know, I just like the looks of it. But yeah, you know, synthetics they run. But I mean, the the ones that I hand turn and custom tune, I can I can. I can tweak and get a little bit louder. I can match up the wood more to the, to the reed assembly, you know, cause I'm sitting there playing with it and I get, and I'm in the shop. I got all my tools there. So I can, I can tweak them as I go. Hey, this, that's the kind of stuff when yeah. Ryan, you need to go ahead and start this thing off. Cause he, James, you probably going to say all that over again. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll actually, no. we're getting good at, we're getting good information I'll, here. Just shooting actually, I've got to, I'm going to write that down. Cause I was about to tell you something. And when I tell you this, it'll you'll probably basically say that same exact thing. Um, but I, I actually sent y'all a message. I don't know if you answered it or not, but I had that poly, and I thought it had a little bit too. It was a little too raspy, but y'all said it, it was fine, and y'all y'all loved it. So I'm gonna yeah, actually that. say something about that in the thing, and then you might just yeah. go off on talking about how you make them or whatever. <laughs> They just said they, I think he said you called like shit. Right? <laughs> Good call, man. You had a yeah. Out there, right? that, that was great, but uh, you know, it's, it's, I tell them guys all the time. They tell me, I was like, man, that was a good fe- underwater feeding chuckle right there, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but right, you, know, well. you probably talked to Scott. Scott was the guy that you know that uh, does. You know, he gets all the emails and everything through hooks. So oh, Scott's okay. The guy there, so. I got you. And you know, the walnut hooter, and here's a here's a funny story. The walnut hooter that I'm running and that I ran for a minute ago, uh, that was a production hooter I picked up off the table to run at Nationals two years ago. And I picked the thing up and I started running and I looked at Scott and I said, You know I'm keeping this right. And he's like, What do you mean? I said, dude, that is one of the smoothest owl hooters I've ever ran. And I said, I've built a lot of owl hooters. And it's it's kind of funny. 
you can build 10 owl hooters with wood, all the exact same cut from the same tree, same bunch, and every one of them will sound a little bit different. It's just, yeah, it's, it's kind of one of the things that's neat. It's like box calls. Yeah. 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 That's what I was going to say. It's pretty much the same thing with boxes or, or a pot call or something. It, it doesn't matter. They all sound they all they can all sound different yeah and you know i'll i'll get a lot of guys on the custom end of it they'll call up and say man i want one that's really loud so i get all my my owl hooter components molded by a guy and uh we we got our own molds and stuff and uh i'll get i'll get 50 of them and i can put all of them together and i guarantee you there'll be two or three of them in there that are just super loud and i'm a machinist by trade so i'll sit there and look at them and say okay what's the difference between this one and that one and usually you can't hardly find anything different. It's just it's just the way it all went together, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go ahead and get this rolling here. That way you you can uh, keep telling us all this good, great information. Yeah, because I'll, <laughs> I'll run out of ideas here in a minute. <laughs> all right, well, uh, all right, everybody. We got James on here with us now. What's going on, James? Oh, just enjoying this evening uh, talking to you guys. Getting ready to talk a little turkey and owl hooting. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. James, James is, uh, with hooks, custom calls and, um, biggest, the biggest draw for us to, that we wanted to talk to him is he makes one of the greatest out hooters known to man in, in our opinions, but, uh, <laughs> Hey, yeah. Hey, what, what do you mean? The greatest idiot. I mean, one of the greatest, it is the greatest out hooter known no, to man. Thank you. <laughs> I've never heard anybody run or say that a Harrison Hooter, Harrison Hooting stick sounds bad in my life. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I will say before anybody starts getting any ideas, we promise we are not sponsored by those custom calls yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> no. I paid full price for yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah, I remembered. I charged him full price. I might even charge you a buck or two more. <laughs> Uh, all right, James. Uh, well, we got a thing we do. I guess we're just going to keep calling it rapid fire Q and A. Um, and I'm just going to hit you with these questions and you just give me some answers. You ready? All right. Yeah, I'm ready. <clears throat> all right. Favorite waffle house meal. Uh, waffles. Yeah. All right. Um, one person in history you'd like to meet. John Wayne. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite wood for your hooters? Ooh, dogwood. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to put in an order for a dogwood hooting <laughs> stick now. Not a problem. God, my, my wife is going to kill I've got a, I've got some pink dogwood up there that there you go. It'll be perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, favorite ice cream? Flavor. Oh, vanilla. Vanilla, I'd say vanilla. Yeah. Can't go wrong with vanilla. No. <laughs> All right. Last one. Chevy or Ford? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> or he's going to say Dodge. Other. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say I got a GMC. I'll go GMC. Okay. All right. yeah. That's all good. Probably should have went Chevy or G. I mean Ford or GM. That would have yeah, covered. that would have covered. You know, well, yeah. GM's the same as a Chevy, pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they tighten the bolts on one of them a little better, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, on the Ford. 
I used to I used to be a big Ford man, but uh, when I had to go look at the new sticker prices on any of them, I don't like any of them. Oh yeah, man, Jesus, ridiculous! I'm back. To, yeah. Let's get a horse and buggy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, James. Well, I mean, I feel like the biggest reason we wanted you on here, which we know you're you're all about turkeys too, but. You know, we've kind of we're kind of fascinated with your with your owl hooters, and um, I guess to start it off, uh, could if you would kind of talk about you know how you got into making calls, and um, you know how you started, and then kind of talk about you know how the hooting stick came about. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be great. I mean, <clears throat> really, what started it for me back in nineteen eighty six? It's going to show my age a little bit. I was I was I was pup then i went to a small town in southern missouri they actually had a turkey calling contest and i walked in there and, and i always want to be you know turkey on this and that and uh these guys was in there and uh they were man they were calling and owl hooting and i was like holy cow i've never seen nothing like this in my life and uh i sat there and watched it and when i was when they were done you know like the guys in the open and stuff they won shotguns and they won you know they they were winning camouflage suits and everything else and i'm like gum! I want to be able to do that, you know. So I started, I started practicing my turkey calls and stuff like that. And I grew up on a farm, so it wasn't like we had YouTube or any of that stuff, you know, like we got nowadays. So I mean, we just had to practice on turkeys and stuff like that and uh, calling. And then from there, I got competing a lot and uh, went several years. And I always outhooted with my natural voice. And Dale Palmer and I've known Dale for a long time. He he designed and came out with the uh, the uh, HS Strut uh, Owl Hooter, you know, Palmer Hoot Tube. And yep. he got the thing so good that a guy with his natural voice just couldn't, you couldn't beat him. And I told Dale, I said, you know, I said, I've got whipped by you by about five times and we're starting to not be friends anymore. So I said, you ain't even, you don't even <laughs> give me a chance now. I said, I said, I'm going to design my own Owl Hooter. And I said, I want, I'm going to build one so I can keep up with you. And kind of, that's really where my call building started. I knew, I knew what the sounds was that I wanted to make because of a competition caller and stuff like that. And listening to real owls and listening to real turkeys and started building owl hooters. And I had four years in design and development and there's no telling how many trash cans I filled up full of owl hooters that I threw in the trash. And true story i went to bed that night and i was laying in bed and this idea popped in my head for the owl hooter and i and i was just like when it hit me it hit me like bam it's like right there and i i, I was like oh i better remember this tomorrow morning so you know i thought about it and i went to bed and i got up the next morning i kind of drew it out on a piece of paper went to work i actually work in a machine shop so i went to work and i was like lunchtime ain't nobody around i'm over there on the manual lathe and I didn't have any wood with me, so I cut the handles off a bunch of broomsticks. <laughs> and I remember the foreman came around, and he was mad, dude. He's like, what happened to all these brooms? I'm like, dude, I don't know. And, and I, I started designing this owl hooter, and I still have. I, I know I got two in my room, and my brother got one. I still got the original broomstick owl hooter, so... And wow. I had to buy, I had to buy the company some new, new brooms, but that was a different story on that day. But, uh, so <laughs> kind of right there is where it started. So then I'd go to competitions and I'd take the wooden owl hooter I'd build and I'd run it and record it. And I'd listen to guys like 
Mark Perdome and guys, you know, Sadler McGraw and guys that have been, you know, building calls for a while. And I was like, well, and Dale Palmer. And I was like, man, this is close, but I'm not close enough. And I'd go back and tweak and design on it and a little bit more. And finally I got it to where I wanted it. And once I got it there, I, I had been talking to Scott Hook and I told him, I said, dude, I said, I think I got an owl hooter here that we can market to the public and the owl hooters that I will, we will sell to the public will be just as good as the owl hooters that I'm running in competition. And he goes, well, that's a very interesting concept because you know, not every call you pick up is going to be a contest quality call. You know what I mean? It's not going to win an out who can contest them. And I said, I honestly think we can build these calls to be everyone be just as good as the next one and be, you know, contest guys want it for contest. Great. You want it for hunting. Great. You got an out hooter there, you know? And uh, my, my goal all along has been building out hooter that sounds like when you blow it, it sounds like you got an owl sitting on your shoulder. You know, that's, that's what I want. When guys pick up the call, I want an easy farm to run. And I want them to be like, man, this thing sounds just like an owl, you know? Dude, you nailed it. Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's, there's no telling how many designs <clears throat> and stuff that I went and threw, you know, threw away and reworked. And, you know, I mean, there, there was a lot into just building an owl hooter. And I think my passion of building an owl hooter, it could have been a duck call. You know, it just happened to be an owl hooter at that time. That I mean, I put everything I had to get that owl hooter where it was because I wanted it to be, you know, I wanted to be the best owl hooter it was. I wanted to be when I when I started out, I was like, you know what, I want to build the best owl hooter that has ever been out there. I want this is what I want, you know. And you know, you always shoot big for stuff like that. It's just like you know, if you you know, if you're a baseball player, you want to be the best baseball player you ever you know ever was. Same way with me and the owl hooter. I always wanted to be, you know, I want to be the guy that's known for. And this is Al Hooter, and this is what I do, and stuff. And and I I truly do love it more now today than I did when I started. I'm actually just I'm ate up with it. I love building Al Hooters, crow calls. It doesn't matter. I, I love the woods. I love tuning them. I like giving them to guys and getting the response back saying, "Hey man, this Al Hooter is the best Al Hooter I've ever heard." Because that makes my day right there. That makes you know that's why I do it it's for guys out there. You know I wanted to build a call that everybody could run and everybody sounded good on that and could, you know, could enjoy it and use it. Man, that was getting sentimental right there, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, that's how I feel every time. Every time I run mine, I'm just like, man, I love James Harris. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of sounded weird, but I'm going to go with it, dude. I'll say they would go with that right there. Uh, I mean, they. I mean, they do. I mean, I, honestly, I have never, I have never heard anybody blow one of your hooters, synthetic walnut, whatever, any kind of specialty wood you've made them out of. They none of them sound bad. They all sound great. I mean, it, it's great. Nobody, nobody that I know of in the industry can say that about our hooter. Right. Nobody. Well, I, I appreciate. It. You know, when yeah. we first started, and I'll touch on this because this is. This is a point, you know, uh, you you might have some listeners say, well, man, when I first started building them, a lot of guys said, man, your owl hooter's not loud enough. And when I started actually studying owls and actually out in the woods and stuff, if you actually get up to an owl and, I mean, get close to them, you know, five, six foot away from them and stuff like that, and when they're hooting, they're not loud, but they have a tone that carries a long ways, if that makes sense. So I told people, you know, 
back in the day before my out before my out hooter started, you know, before we started selling it, everybody had these old out hooters that you blew into. And I mean, you just literally blew them like a duck call almost to get the sounds out of them. And everybody was blowing the call too hard and stuff like that. And, uh, and it took a while to talking to people and showing them, Hey, look, use less air pressure, let the call and the read work, you know, as it's designed to. And, uh, from there it, it started going good. And guys are starting to see that, man, I, I can blow a regular, you know, owl hooter, one of my owl hooters and that thing will carry, you know, a quarter mile or, you know, 500 yards. It'll carry out yeah. there and sound really good, you know? And, I think that that lower tone, kind of like um, when you hear somebody with bass, with some big bass speakers in their car, and they talk about how, how far the bass can carry, and it's just that tone. It's just the tone that that call makes. It just it just carries, and it just... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think... It'll yeah. carry. It's just like, you know, it's just like uh, people are, you know, deer season, you get out there, and there ain't no leaves on the tree or anything like that, and you'll hear somebody talking, you know, and they may be... They may be a half mile away at their in their backyard talking, and you're like, man, I can hear that plain as day. The you know the the same way with an owl hooter and stuff like that. That sound cuts and carries so good that people don't realize oh, yeah. it because they're used to they hear it up close and they're like, oh, that's not loud. But they don't get out there, you know, 70, 80 yards and let their buddy run their owl hooter, you know, or a turkey call and actually hear how far those things carry. Yeah, yeah, and I, stuff like that. I I think it's like. And we did a – this is kind of off the topic, but I did a podcast with uh, Ricky Joe Bishop, and he brought up a good point about lack of gobbling. And he thinks it kind of – that turns into spitting and drumming, not necessarily spitting, but the drumming. And they don't have to gobble because they're doing that drumming and they can hear it. And And that's one thing that I know is true is turkeys can hear, like, different free, frequencies – they hear it differently than we do, and oh yeah, it's 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 actually going to be louder to them than it would be to us because just because they can hear so much better. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you take you take for you got a bird out in the field 150 yards, and you grab a a slate call, and you just hit him with a soft cluck and purr, and he snaps his head around, and you know that you would have never heard that at all, but that turkey picked it up perfect. And, uh, yeah, I would agree with Ricky on that, on them spitting and drumming, especially if you got a area that's concentrated with a lot of gobblers and a lot of, you know, two-year-old gobblers and three-year-old gobblers. Them old birds has been around. They know what's going on, and they know the routine. And if, and them hens will hear them birds drumming, and uh, they'll go right to them. So, I mean, I, I would agree with that, oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Less, yeah. You know, less competition. They don't have to fight nothing off or nothing. They got them hens there. They're yeah. nice and quiet and doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. them them vocal them vocal two year olds sure are fun to get on. Oh, they're superstars, ain't they? <laughs> yeah, they are. They they make me feel good when you get on one of them that just gobbles the oh, yeah. thing you throw at him. You're like, man, I am <laughs> on it today, boys. <laughs> you look at you, you kind of turn your hat uh, yeah. sideways and look at say like Michael Waddell don't got nothing on me, boys. Why <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. No, no, it's you know, and it's I had a guy a, a bit ago. He uh, was back on the back on the owl hooters he he'd ordered several owl hooters from me right right when you guys were we were getting on the podcast going he was shooting me stuff on facebook of an owl he called up on his at his back porch right there and uh i've had so many guys call me up and be like man i started hooting on your owl hooter and he said i had owls coming in everywhere and he said i there were so many owls i couldn't hear the turkeys gobbling he said we got messing with the owls and he said we were having a good old time and i said man that's what it's about right there it's just you know 
Same way. If, if you're calling in live animals right up to you like that, whether it be a crow call or an owl hooter or a turkey call, you're doing something right. You know, you're getting it right right there when you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's funny you say that. The first night I had that walnut owl hooter, RIP, that my dog ate. Um, the very first night we had it, we were at, I was at some friend's house and I was running it. And, um, man, we called up three or four owls. Oh yeah, that was just, up. I just was, standing. I was with you, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they they flew in everywhere. And I mean flew in right on they they kinda came in probably thirty yards or so, but they ended up right on top yeah. of us. I mean sitting dead over top of us. Like it was it was yeah, I, that's a, that's awesome. I know and that's I think the first time the the poly one that I got, that was the first one I got. Um the first time I used it in the woods we were going to listen for turkeys. The season hadn't come in yet. It was last year, preseason. And I took it out, and, you know, I was blowing it. And we could hear an owl way off down in the bottom. And he kept getting closer and closer. And then finally, we see him fly across the field. And we're standing at the truck. And he flies all the way across the field and lands in the tree right above the truck. He's like, I mean, he's literally, we're literally standing right up under the tree. And he looked, he's looking at us. And whole time I was blowing that hooter and he'd, he'd hoot, he would hoot right back at me while he's looking at me. It was crazy. That's awesome. I've, I've, <clears throat> I've had so many guys tell me that. And I mean, that's, that's, and I've had it. I, I love it when it happens. I think it's, I, I pack one with me when I'm bow hunting and stuff. And, and my kids look at me like, dude, you're, you're out bow hunting. What do you got an owl hooter for? What are you doing? This? And I'm like, man, I've had so many cool owl encounters. I'm up the tree 20 foot and, I'm running an owl hooter. I mean, dude, they'll get face to face with you then because you're up in their territory. Then they, you know, it, it's cool. It, it's yeah. Neat, you know? And the thing, you know, with the owl hooters, we get into, you know, like you were talking about your poly owl hooter and the walnuts and stuff like that. You know, when we build these calls, we just don't take the guts and put them inside the call and we blow them and go on about our business. I actually like on my owl hooters, I take all my tone boards and I sit there and I shave them flat. I take all my reed inserts and I sand them flat and then I take my reeds and I make sure there's nothing, you know, I mean, I mic my reeds, I go through and we do that with all the production ones that we do at hooks, just as same as I do with when my custom ones up here is we go through on and we go through and do every, we do five or six steps before we ever get that out hooter even put together. And uh, I think that's what makes the, I know that's what makes the difference on the outers is we just take the time and nothing is mass produced or manufactured that we don't have our hands in making sure that's right and everything's good to go because you can take 10 pieces of wood, you know, we're talking about that 10 pieces of walnut and turn them all out of the same trunk of wood and each one of them pieces will sound just a little bit different like a box saw and stuff like that. So I actually... When I'm building my custom hooters for guys, you know, whether it be dogwood or it be a black and white ebony or it be, you know, whatever it may be, I sit there and tune each call to that wood because your woods are a little bit harder. You might have a spot that's got a knot that's got a little bit harder wood. So I'll actually take and tune that call to match the wood hardness as we go. And we do that with the synthetics and the walnuts, we make sure those all match up as we go. And I think that's that's what's helped us all along, is just we take the time and do the extra little steps and um, make sure they're right. And if they're not right, you know, I had a guy call me last year. He bought two matching uh, two matching Al Hooter Crow Call sets for his twin boys. 
mail lady dropped them off and they wasn't home and set them under on the other side of the gate and their two uh labradors ate them and, uh, mm, yeah what, eat- some, <laughs> something is up with that walnut wood and dogs man i don't yeah i need to <laughs> yeah you need to we gotta do something but put them in ziploc bags so they don't smell or something they get they're getting but every hey all the stuff my dog could have ate, and the only thing he ate was that walnut owl hooter, and there was two other things on the same lane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I know I don't understand it. That's how it is. So I, you know, he calls me up, and he's like, "Hey, dude," he said, "I hate to tell you this, but he said them dogs ate my calls." He sent me pictures and everything. He's like, "That was for my boys," and we was talking, and I was like, "Dude, just let me know." And so I just made him new sets of owl hooters. You know, I had a. Great story. First time I've ever had this happen in 12 years of owl hooting. Guy sent me an owl hooter back to uh, re-sign and tune it up a little bit. And I blew it, and it sounded funny. And I was like, dude, this owl hooter sounds weird. It didn't sound right. And I blew it again, and I'm looking down in there, and I can't see nothing. So I take this thing apart, and it was made in 2012. I take this thing apart, and I'm looking at it, and I pull the reed back. And inside of it, there's one of them under breast feathers of an old gobbler perfectly in that reed bed channel and every time you was hooting those little those little feathers was hitting on between the reed and the tone board making a weird sound and uh i pulled it out and sent him a picture of it and i said dude you had a turkey feather in your owl hooter i said that is the i've i've never seen that happen in my life i said that is great <laughs> but you know that's that's one thing we always take pride in you know at hooks and uh my custom stuff is we we stand behind everything if you got a problem with one it's say hey I don't like the sound of this or something's not right, man. We, we will make it right. You know what I mean? We, we don't take no chances on it. Cause I mean, you know, as well as I do stuff happens, stuff gets messed up in the mail, you know, leave it in a truck when it's 105 degrees. I guarantee it. That's not the best thing to do with your calls, but it happens. So we try to make everything right and fix everything if possible. So we always, you know, customer service is our number one, you know, number one is quality calls. And number one on top of that is customer service. And that that's that's most companies. The problem with most companies now is they don't follow those. You know, that's that's like old school business guidelines. Yeah, that's like how it used to be. You know, and and that's the problem. Um, a couple of things probably to hit on before we get off the owl hoot and stuff. Because I mean, some of y'all might not know this, but James Harrison also turkey hunts. He doesn't blow owl hoot. What? <laughs> Um, you had a walnut when you were running earlier yes. for us, uh, before we started talking, um, the poly, the, the poly, whatever, poly, they polycarb, right? Right. I, I just call them synthetics. Oh, okay. Okay. So the synthetics are like 20 bucks, 1999, yeah. 20, 25. Right, right in there. In the and then the, the walnuts are around the $30, $35 yep, range. Yep. Um, and you got a walnut one. If you want to run that a few times, um, for the podcast just because i like to hear you run it i don't care if they like yeah it. Hey, we'll, we'll run this thing <laughs> okay here, here we go we're gonna fire this thing up that sounded mm, i was yeah I was, like i was awesome. trying to i was trying to gobble <laughs> <laughs> I, for, 
I forgot. I for, I forgot what I, we were doing there for I was, a second. I we, thought we, that was. They, I mean, <laughs> we're not roosting turkeys. The, the it's sound not dark. We're roosting turkey. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now one thing. One. The sound. Well, I got. Go well, ahead. I got the owl hooter in my hand. You know, a lot of guys talk about the owl hooter. When I'm out uh, in the evening time and I'm trying to roost a bird and get that bird to gobble at me, you know, and I got that owl hooter. A lot of times, if I'm by myself, I want to just hit a sharp, quick hoot just so I can go ahead and hear it, you know. And now, if I've got somebody with me, let's say I got I got Justin out in front of me, I'll say, hey, dude, go out there 15, 20 yards away from me. I'm going to run my owl hooter. Well, I'll, I'll get a little more aggressive then because I got him listening for me. But if I'm by myself, I'll get out there, and first thing I'll do is I'll just, and I'll listen. And if I don't hear nothing, then I might, and I'll listen there. Now, if I've got Justin out in front of me where he can hear good, then I'll start out and I'll, get a little more aggressive with it because i've got somebody listening but a lot of times when you're running your calls you know whether it be an owl hooter or a crow call or whatever if you're the guy running you also got to be listening for that turkey to gobble and he may only gobble at you one time so that's how come if i'm by myself i try to keep them short just so i he'll hear it quick and then i can listen and get where get his location so i know where he's at oh yeah that's that's great information i've kind of never really thought about that but um yeah, if you're if you're hunting, you know, so so yeah, that's, that's like you know if you're hunting with a buddy, anytime you're doing locating or anything like that, because how many times have you looked over at your buddy and he goes, "Man, that bird gobbled right over there," and then he looks at you and he goes, "Dude, that bird was behind you," and we do that every time we go. Oh yeah, yep. the same thing. So, <laughs> that's how come if you can get him out in front of you, kind of away from you a little bit, so when he can hear it, he can course it a little better. You know, same thing with the crow calls. You know, we build the crow calls, and I got a souped up crow call here, which. You know, I mean, they're loud, and I build them loud because guys want to locate turkeys and get them to gobble. And in the evening time, a lot of guys don't, you know, I like to coyote howl right at dark to get a turkey to gobble because turkeys are already up on the roost. They feel safe, especially if you got a good open area where you're going to carry a long ways. You know, I'll hit them with no coyote howl, but a, a crow call right at dark works good, too, because it's something different that they're not used to hearing at dark, and it may shock them into gobbling, you know what I mean? Yeah, so you can yeah, hit that. Yeah. And I got a crow call here. It may be a little loud, but I'll <laughs> hit it like that and let them, you know, let them birds gobble back at you. Yeah. That's real. That, y'all, y'all's crow call sounds awesome, too. I bought one. Yeah. Of those also. <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> James, if you could, before we, I, and I mean, I, I kind of know how to do it. I want to get better at it, of course. And I'm just kind of asking you this for my personal gain hopefully somebody else can get something out of it too but before we move away from owl hooters if you could as as easy as it would be i don't know over a podcast but can you kind of explain how you get that roll on the end of your hooting okay there's there's now there's two ways you can do a roll on an owl hooter and the way i do it is i'm rolling my throat almost like i'm gargling so when I'm without the call in my mouth, up to my mouth or anything, I'm going, I'm doing almost like this, almost like an old Jake break, you know, when you're hearing that. Yeah. Just like that. So I'm rolling my throat to get that slow roll in there. You can also roll with your tongue where you just basically flutter your tongue at the end and you go like that. Yeah. So on an out hooter, you hit that, you know, with your throat, you got that. 
or with your tongue, you got that. Like that. Your tongue's going to be a little faster because you can't control it like you can the back of your throat. Your back of your throat, you can slow down and control a little bit or you can speed up a little bit in there. But that's just basically the way to practice that is just basically practice going, you know, if you're driving to work or whatever, just, just making that noise. Yeah. And like, like when you was 10 years old, you was playing army men and you were shooting people with your machine gun. You're going kind of the same yeah. concept. Yeah. <laughs> just switch it over to Al who you got it made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and the main thing is is don't choke the calls off too hard when you grab them. You know, a lot of guys grab them out hooters and they're like squeezing them like it's a rattlesnake. You know, basically I ho- I tell them to hold it like it's a baby chicken. You don't want to crush it or anything, and you want that call to work with you. And the reed system in it is designed. You know, I got the back pressure designed and built in the call. So really, you just want to blow into it. And I tell people when you start, you know, just. Don't even try to cup the call or nothing. Just basically put it up to your mouth and just blow air into it like, and get that tone. And then from there, work on cupping your hand on the bottom of it to get your sound and just like that. And then basically just do your eight note and blow your, who cooks for you, who cooks for you all like, basically i'm just blowing air into that and putting a little more pressure on the end of the who cook builds up a little bit so you get that and then if you want to laugh in that you know i know we're going past the roll a little bit but get into the laugh and just open the bottom of your hand and put more air to the call and you get the and you're just doing that like that Man. And a lot of a lot of times I've, that laugh, the birds won't gobble at the first. You know the who cooks for you, and then you when you start laughing, man, they just get they'll get fired up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that's happened quite a few times with us. Yeah, that here. happened actually. I was out Sunday and I, uh, I threw uh, I threw a short video up on my Facebook page, and uh, I, yeah, I hooted, nothing happened. Then I did my <laughs> laugh, and after that laugh, was. <laughs> Um, so hunt you, do you, uh, you hunt, um, you said you were in Southern Missouri. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in, I'm about an hour South of St. Louis and I got a farm in Southern Missouri. So pretty much everything I do is Southern Missouri, you know, hunting and stuff like that. Yep. Um, do you, uh, so do you hunt, you hunt your farm mostly? Do you hunt any public land out there? I mean, what's no, your, I will, what's your go to? And I'll go hunting. I don't, I hunt public ground. I hunt private ground. Uh, if we've got some Missouri's one of them states that's got a lot of public ground. We got a lot of Mark Twain National Forest. I'm lucky where my farm is at, literally right across the road, just up through the woods a ways, we've got like eleven square miles of Irish wilderness, they call it in there, that's you know, wow. you can turkey in. So I mean, I'll hunt public or private. It don't bother me any at all. You know, I do change my tactics a little bit if I'm hunting public ground. I uh I, you know, you don't want to be out there just doing what everybody else is doing all the time. So I, I rely a little bit more on uh, leaf scratching and less calling and trying to sound ultra turkey than uh, more. You know, if I'm on a two-year-old at my farm that's never been hunted before, I can I can blow calls till I'm blue in the face and he's gobbling every bit of it. But that old public bird's probably been shot at a few times or, or spooked or something. 
you know, yeah. so I try to, right. you know, one thing I carry with me, you know, I do seminars and I talk to guys. One thing I carry with me a, every time I go is a wing. I always have a turkey wing with me. And because, you know, you get to the people, it's like, hey, you know, I can't competition call or I can't do a fly down cackle. And I'm like, well, every turkey has to come out of a tree. So yep. if you take that wing and you beat it down as you come down, you know, when that bird gobbles at you, that's something that's natural to him. That's something he hears every day of his life. And uh, when you do that, he just registered in his mind, okay, there's a hen right over there. She just flew out of the tree. Yep. She's on the ground. And that means a lot on public ground because they, you know, a lot of guys get out there on that public ground. You know how it is if you've hunted it. You know, they run them calls loud and they run them hard. And, you know, and the turkeys have heard it all. So when they hear that real wing and they don't hear no turkey calling, they associate that with a real hen turkey. So that's what I want to be. Yeah. And and that's that's something that that we I, – I always have a wing in my vest. Actually, the one I've got in my vest I've had for – I don't know, 10 or 15 years probably. Um, but a guy that start, started me out turkey hunting, he um, he had a wing and I, I had asked him what it was for and, and he did the fly down stuff because especially if you're getting first started out, I, I think there might be some misconception that every time a hen flies down out of a tree since there's so much focus on doing a fly down cackle with everything now that all turkeys, when they fly down, they cackle. Right. But. I'd say more often than not, when a hen flies down, she does not cackle. I mean, it's just yeah, yep, and she's on the ground. I yep. would I would agree with that a hundred percent on that because you 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 know if you get in a big flocks or something like that, you'll get some vocal birds in there. But oh yeah, around oh, yeah. southern Missouri in <clears throat> them hills and hollers in the Ozarks, them old birds are down on the ground. And I mean, we listen for that when I set up on gobblers and stuff. And I mean, I know you guys do too. When I set up on them, I want to be able to hear them birds fly down because I want to know when they're on the ground, what they're at. And uh, I'm telling you, some of them turkeys I'm hunting down in southern Missouri, they're like stealth. I think they hover down because you'll never even hear them fly down. And you're like, you know them dang gum things hit the ground, but it's just, I mean, you don't hear them cackles out of them hens. And how many times have we been sitting up calling bird or we've had a bird gobbling at us and we're calling to him and tree yelping and we're doing our thing. And then 10 minutes later, you hear this hen over there of the tree going, and you look up there 40 oh, yards, yeah. yep. she's sitting right there looking at you, and you're like, dude, I didn't even know she was there. And then she'll pitch out, and you're like, gum," you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah, more more often than not, that's happened a ton. And and the, these birds we have on our public land, we have – Georgia has quite a bit of public land. I mean, regardless, you know, some people might not know that, but they – um Re, they've redone the way they do license um the like the to hunt the wmas and stuff now is included the ones that are open which um usually the one we got around here what's it ryan about nine thousand acres mm, yeah that's yeah the one that's close to us yeah um not not counting the core land just the wma that's close to us and like the first two weeks they're closed for quota hunts and then after that they open up everybody can go hunt them and a funny story, me and Ryan went out there on a Friday during the week. We hunted. We saw one other truck. Um, caught in two birds under 50 yards, both long beards. Uh, didn't get to kill either one of them. So I said, hey, we'll be the first ones here in the morning. Surely it won't be that bad. It's kind of late in the season. We'll just come get back on this bird. Yeah. Man, that was a horrible, <laughs> horrible idea. <laughs> we we were the first ones there, but we dang sure wasn't the yeah. last. Um, I don't even know how that bird got out of there oh, alive, man. but he did. Oh man, I'm, I've had that happen. I've, 
it's nothing worse than we went out one year down to southern Missouri down there. We had a little uh, chunk of public ground that was kind of back off the ways. And I thought, man, there was always birds on there. And I was like, you know, we probably slide in there. There won't be nobody in there. And uh, we went in there opening morning. And I'm telling you, right where I roosted them birds at and everything else the weekend before, just listening and stuff and getting them to gobble, there was campers parked in there. I'm like, mm. <laughs> we just turned around and left. I'm like, it, it, I mean, it looked like you just wheeled in a, you know, wheeled in a whole parking lot of vehicles. I'm like, holy cow, where'd all these people come from? You know, I was just like, man. Yep. That it's the same way. Like this, this particular bird, you could actually hear gobble from the <coughs> sign in box. Yeah. Um, and he was, and he, and was... he would, and it, he gobbled. I mean, it was like dark. Like, I mean, it was pitch black dark. And we were sitting up there signing at the signing box an hour and a half before daylight, and you hear this bird gobbling. And Ryan's Ryan's literally signing us in on the on the sheet, and he says, "Was that a turkey?" Yep. I said, "Man, I don't know." I said, "Maybe." Yeah, you could still you could and still see just, the milk. I mean, he just <laughs> yeah, and that sucker's just he's just hammering. I mean, like like he's just fired up and he's just gobbling yeah. his head off. And uh, we got in there and caught him up 40 yards. We got a hen kind of slipped around behind us and messed it up. And, you know, that's when I was like, we'll just come back in the morning. So we get up there in the morning about the same time. Nobody's there. Turkey's gobbling. Like, Holy cow, man. This thing wakes up early. And we walked back there, and all you heard was just truck after truck after truck after truck coming down the road, coming down the sounded gravel like, road. Sounded like a herd and, of deer running after him, man. It was <laughs> And it all up, that man, everybody that pulled up that gate went straight to that turkey. Oh yeah, they they knew he was there. <laughs> they had him surrounded. I think he I think he dug a hole. <laughs> yeah, I think he dug a tunnel and went somewhere else. <laughs> he crawled in. It's his... right there. It's right there here on the big on the big lake. He had to. Yeah, swing. I think he jumped I mean, in the lake. Flew, flew all the way. Flew all the way across the lake. I don't know how he got out. Yeah, he found him a little squirrel nest up in the tree and nestled in. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah he had. He had to, yeah, man, yeah. it was it was nuts, and that that's the thing about that public land that makes it a little more complicated than than hunting your private spots. But you know, it, it's all fun. It, it don't I don't care if I kill them on public land or private land. It doesn't matter. Right. Well, you know, one thing one thing that I can tell you on you know public ground hunting that I've done is pay attention to your turkeys that are around there. You know, I, and I say this on private ground and public ground. Or anytime I'm hunting, I said it. You know, turkeys manage to get together all spring, breed, and have poults in the whole nine yards. And that old bird may never gobble, or you may never hear that hen yell, but they still know where each other's at. So yeah. I said, if you oh, get yeah. out there in the woods and you hear this old hen, I was on a public hunt down in, uh, oh, down below Potosi, Missouri, down there a little ways from me. And, uh, man, birds were gobbling pretty good, you know, for public ground. I was kind of impressed. And, uh, but boy, if you try to set up and call to them, they wouldn't do nothing. They just go the other way, or they would start walking and this and that. And uh, this old hen come walking past me at like nine o'clock in the morning, and she yelped two times. She go, <coughs> just like that. And I was like watching her. I was like, and soon as she went past me a little bit later, man, this old bird fired up, and he went right to her. And I was like, huh, check that out. So I kind of followed him just because I was there wasn't else nothing going on, and uh. I sit down by a tree and I do the same thing she do. I just, and that old bird would gobble at me and he came right into me and I killed him. But I mean, do what the birds are doing. And if you're the only one out there making all that racket and noise and everything, a lot of time you just need a good case to sit real still and be quiet for a while and listen. You know? <clears throat> yeah. And let them, Oh yes. Yeah, let them birds work. Cause I, you know, I tell people all the time and, 
and I'm guilty of it too. Just like I know everybody is, you know, we're so used to looking at our phones and looking at what time it is and man, we got to be at work and we try to rush the thing. Cause we're in a, we're in an area of everything needs to be now and instantaneous. And, you know, a good case to just sit still and be, have a lot of patience will kill a lot of turkeys that, you know, that normally guys will walk right past, you know, the, I love to run and gun on turkeys, but you go past a lot of turkeys that you could have killed if you just slid up there and sat down and just gave him an hour of time. And now he might not have come in gobbling like he's going to, you know, like a two-year-old, but, you know, you're out there, if that's your game and you want to kill a turkey, that's, you know, that's one thing you need to look at, especially on that public ground. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep, yep. That and and the 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 patience game plays both on public and private land. I, I have I had a group of four birds that I hunted way too hard last year, and I just if I yelped, man, the hens would just. It was four long beards and a bunch of hens, and I got on them a bunch. But every time I'd yelp, they would leave, and I finally just went in there one afternoon and set up in this hardwood bottom on this road. I said, one day those birds are going to walk down this road because it's just tore up with scratching us. One day they're just going to come down here. And I sat there for about an hour and um, heard a hen cackle and then heard the gobblers start fighting. I said, well, that's probably those jakes. Um, I said, but, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna sit here for a few minutes and heard a bird drumming and looked up the road 40 yards, and here they came right down the road. And I, and I shot them, and I, I never made, never called to them at all. Yeah. Um, so that that's, yeah, public private ground patience is, is a virtue in, in turkey hunting. Oh yeah. And I mean, yeah. just keeping it realistic, you know, scratching in the leaves, using your wing to fly down. You don't have to do a lot of calling. You just have to sound, in my opinion, you know, and I've, I've been hunting turkey since I've been a kid, you know, I was getting drugged around by my dad when I was little, you know, I mean, turkey, turkey and me, I mean, the more realistic you can sound and that, whether it be an owl hooter or a crow call or a turkey or whatever the better success you're going to have. And, you know, if you're out in Nebraska and Kansas where them hens are going nonstop, well, I want to be one of them hens and go nonstop. But if I'm hunting in the Ozarks or down there with you guys and them birds are quiet and, you know, they're just clucking a little bit, that's what, well, that's what I'm going to be, you know, and uh, get get yeah. right into them and, yeah. and call on them birds. Yeah. I and, and that's one thing talking about all of this, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit all throughout the podcast and, it's about, you know, kind of toning down the calling and being sounding real, sounding realistic like a turkey. It reminded right. me of a, a story. I'll make it quick. Chase Baker and myself, we were hunting one time. We got on this bird. He was gobbling his, heads off, his, his head off, and we, we eventually had to get around on him for him to come to us. Well, he came in. We didn't, we couldn't get a, clear shot so he kind of walks off well a few minutes go by and a hen comes in out of nowhere and we're watching her and she flies up in the tree and we didn't know we're like what is she doing and she didn't she wasn't making any noise or nothing she just goes up in the tree and she stays there five minutes go by and a coyote comes running right in front of us and then mm. the coyote disappears after about two minutes. She jumps, she flies out of the tree, jumps back on the ground and goes on her way. So not to get on like the predator subject, but I'm just saying like that goes to show you the only, the only thing I could think is she heard that coyote. Yeah. So they can, they know like they can hear really, really good. 
Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, especially if, if guys are walking logging roads and, uh, you know, turkeys walk a certain way, deer walk a certain way in the woods. I mean, when they sound and stuff like that. And if you're going down through there and, you know, one thing I tell people, you know, and I talk about and I, I do it religiously if I can in turkey hunting is, you know, deer hunters. They, they'll always tell you, you know, man, try to get in and out of your stand without being seen, without being detected, you know, take the creeks, you know, you want to be lower, you know, their whole get, deal is to get into the tree stand with not, no, you know, not spooking any deer or letting you know you're there. Well, my whole goal in the turkey woods when I'm going to set up on a bird or going to roost or anything, just walking around is I don't want them turkeys to know I'm there at all. You know, I don't want to right. make any out of normal sounds or anything like that. So even, the, you know, if I'm hunting a bunch of fields and I know them birds are roosted on the edge of the fields, I'm going in there an hour before it ever even thinks about breaking daylight, just so I'm not silhouetted in the field. And you think about that. How many times have you cut across the field and you looked up and you knew it was too light to go across that field, but there was a bird goblin over there and you had to go over there anyway. So you cut right across it. And as good as Turkey's eyesight, so, you know, eyesight is, how many birds seen you cut across that field that you might not have heard gobble or, you know, something like that. I was, I was in Southern Missouri on my farm. Oh, it's been three or four years ago on a youth hunt. And we got up to this edge of this field. And I told my boy, I said, I said, man, I don't want to cross this field. Cause I said, I guarantee you there was a Turkey over there roosting. And we just haven't heard him gobble yet. And it was breaking pretty good day. So I said, we're just going to sit right here and just, we'll wait and see if he's not there. We didn't hurt nothing. And then we'll move across the field. Sure enough, there was three roosted on that field in different spots. And if we had walked out there, we'd have boogered all three of them birds and we'd have, we'd have wasted the whole morning. You know, that wouldn't happen right there. So try to ease in and out of them spots the best you can. You know, I mean, certain situations, you're just going to have to make some noise and stuff like that. But I try to slip in there. You know, I, I use my deer hunting rule on that. I want I don't want to be seen, heard. I don't, you know, if turkeys can smell, I don't even want them smelling me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah yes yeah. sir i think you know a turkey a turkey can a turkey can hear you change your mind at about 75 yards i think oh yeah you know? uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. the best thing to take away from that is if you are going to make noise make it sound like a turkey right if, you, if you're turkey hunting yeah yeah i mean that's just you know i try to just ease in and out of them places especially on public ground because i mean Obviously, you know, you were talking earlier about you heard all the trucks coming down the road. I'm a big walker. I like to walk everywhere. I'll park the truck, and if I'm five miles away from the truck when I kill my turkey, I'm just five miles away from the truck when I kill my turkey. I do not, <laughs> I do not yeah. like driving yeah. four-wheelers. I don't like driving golf carts or buggies, you know, because them turkeys, I don't care how quiet your golf cart is or your buggy, them turkeys can hear that, you know. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And plus, I'm old. I need the exercise anyway, and. You know, there's been a lot of birds that I've been walking to go hunt that I've walked up on other birds strutting or gobbling that uh, I wouldn't even know was there if I'd have drove past them. So, I mean, I just I do the walk thing that way. And the, and that's a good thing. Most of the public land around here is only is that is accessible only by foot, no motorized vehicles. That's good. Um, yeah. um, that the particular spot we were talking about where the guys come down the road, that's actually to the gate. It, this long gravel drive runs into the sign-in box for the WMA, and there's a gate there. Pretty much anything you can hunt, you got to walk right. to. Um, on the other side, there's some spots you can drive to, but mainly the spots we focus on are accessible by foot only. 
um, that the particular Friday before we had all the guys coming there, I think me and Ryan covered about ten miles. Yeah. What is, what is what is phone to say? We walked ten miles, got on two birds, but I mean that's that's just public land. Yeah, that's and, just um, it, it, to me. It, it was worth every it was worth every mile, every step we took to call those two birds in. We oh yeah, you're making memories right there. You know, Missouri, Southern Missouri, all them old public ground. You know, a lot of the stuff has got gravel roads. So, I mean. You'll hear a truck coming blasting down through there, 30 miles an hour, gravel popping. All of a sudden, you'll hear him slide to a stop, door open, slam. You'll hear that box call hit about hit seven or eight hard times, and you'll wait, hear that truck fire up and take off again, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> you're like, holy cow. But, and I've had birds yeah. before. The cool story, you know, out at my dad's house, uh, we used to have an old man down the road that was, uh, he was handicapped, so he drove a, it was, it was like a golf cart. It was a gas golf cart, basically. It wasn't electric. But uh, we'd be out there turkey hunting, and we'd, he loved to hunt. So, I mean, he was he was handicapped, and that's all he did was he was hunting, fishing, stuff like that. But you would hear him fire that thing up at his house. And if you had a bird goblin and that turkey heard that thing starting down that way, they would shut up. And you could give it about three hours, and they'd hear him fire it up and go back the other way and give him about another 20 minutes, and birds would start gobbling again. And that is, I've seen it happen more times than not. It's just, they, they pay attention to that stuff, you know? And and that's great. That's a lot of people say, you know, it's a turkey. He's got a brain the size of a walnut or whatever, but you know, in all reality, I think a lot of times we underestimate um, deer, deer and turkey for that matter. I think we underestimate how smart they can get. Oh yeah. Well, how it may not be as smart as much as how they can survive. You know, they, Right, Their whole right, goal, right. you know, look at a turkey. Everything in the world, dang near, wants to eat a turkey, except for maybe a box turtle and a small rabbit. Yeah, but uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, everything from owls to hawks to uh, you know, crows are pestering them all the time. Coyotes, foxes, you name it. So I mean, they're they know how to survive, and if they hear something or see something that they don't like or out of the ordinary, they don't wait around to see if it's you know what they thought it was because they're at that point it could be too late, so they're gone, you know. And right, that's how right. come I yep. try to keep yep. everything realistic. And you know, I started turkey hunting when I was my first turkey hunt. I actually almost never became a turkey hunter, to be honest with you. My uh, first turkey hunt, my dad took me out. I was, I was probably about seven, and uh, he got me up before daylight. And when you're seven, you don't ever get up before daylight because that's unheard of <laughs> except for Christmas. And he drug me out across about 15 cattle fields and uh, cold and wet and nasty. And he set me by this fence and. We were sitting there, and it was dark. And I'm telling you, when I was a kid, I was scared of the dark. I was scared of anything in the dark. And uh, if I heard coyotes at night, I was scared. You know, I mean, they just I was a kid. I didn't like any of that stuff. And I was sitting there, and an old owl hooted off in the distance, and I thought that was kind of cool. And then a little bit later, we had some turkeys gobbling out in front of us. And I'm sitting right by a barbed wire fence, and Dad's like, he had this old box hall. It was an old lynch foolproof single-side box hall. I can remember it. He goes, Hit that box call. Well, I didn't even know how to turkey call. I'd never even ran a box call, but he handed it to me. So I grabbed a hold of it, and I kind of looked at it, and I squawked that thing about three times, and them turkeys gobbled. Well, about that time, I heard something to my left, and I mean, all of a sudden, at my age, everything goes into a slow motion, and I hear something coming in the dark at me, and this old cow ran its head up into that fence, and when it breathed, I could feel the, I could feel its breath going across my hair. And I jumped up and took off running. It scared me that bad because I didn't know what it was. I took off running. 
my dad jumped up and grabbed me and gets a hold of me. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I, I was, I was done. I was like almost in tears. Like I'm, this ain't for me. We ain't turkey and never again. This, I almost got eight. And then, uh, I got over there and we sat back down and he goes, it's just a cow. And I'm like, what? It's pitch dark. I don't know. It's a cow. You know, it could have been a yeah. big foot. You know, I'm thinking it was a black Panther. It was, you know, it was something scary. It just turned out to be a cow. But, uh, Hey, if I, if that were to happen to me right now, uh, I'd probably have to change my pants <laughs> to be all honest with you. <laughs> yeah. But, but that, that was a true, and I, we actually sat down and, uh, called those turkeys in. My dad did. And I shot, that was where I shot my first turkey, but that hunt almost never happened. I mean, I was just, I, I turned on a dime from loving turkey hunting to hating turkey hunting pretty quick. And, uh, when I went back to loving <laughs> it again too, and I think we've all been there, but it was, it was a scary, exciting moment in my life there for turkey hunting. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you know, and one thing that you know, I've always taken both my boys hunting with me since they've been old enough to go. And uh, you know, I take a limb saw with me, and we get out there, and you know, I always want to make memories. You know, and my wife always says that we're making memories. You know, and uh, whether we have a flat tire on the side of the road or whatever, we're making memories. And uh, I've spent a lot of afternoons sitting on a sitting in a set of hardwoods and we find an old monkey bind and we saw it down and we were sitting there swinging back and forth on that thing for half an hour, an hour or climbing over hickory trees and bending them over and just goofing around. And, uh, you know, that's the, to me when it's turkey hunting and stuff and deer hunting, you know, we don't take it too serious. You know, I love to kill a turkey. I'm, you know, I stay up overnight just thinking about them. But when I got them boys out there, we're just having fun. And, you know, that's, that's what it's about. Just spending time with each other. Oh, yeah. And we, you know, if we don't kill a turkey, we still don't have fun. If we find an old creek that's got crawdads in it, I just soon catch crawdads, you know, for a while. <laughs> that old turkey yeah. guy, we'll, we'll go, uh, we'll go kill him. Then we'll go back to crawdad catching, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Some, some of our best conversations have been when the turkeys are dead. Yep. Just not, we just, we might just sit there for two hours talking, shooting the bull, making jokes and being funny and, and just when nothing's happened, then you just don't realize it then. But it's, uh, you know, it's always, it's, it's what you make. Yeah, of yeah. It. that's exactly. You know, we sat there. I got two, you know, quick stories. Me and my oldest boy, we sitting there one day. We hunted hard all day and didn't hear no birds. And he was tired. And uh, God love him. He was a little pudgy kid when he was, you know, when he's young. And uh, <laughs> we had a whole bag full. You know, anytime me and him went hunting, we had to take a tote sack full of, uh, candy bars and cookies and you know we had to fuel up so we was sitting there one day and he's like dad let me run that box call and i was like yeah and he had a he had a brownie little old little debbie brownie in his lap and he was sitting there munching on that and he grabbed that box call from me and he hit that thing about two or three times and he's sitting there munching on that brownie and these two old gobblers snuck in on us about 40 yards and when they gobbled i'm telling you that boy turned himself inside out and backwards because he was just amazed at the turkey that was his first turkey he ever called to the gobbled you know what i mean so he was just proud that happened but we never did get them turkeys killed but still to this day he can tell you everything that happened on that turkey hunt because you know of the just the situation it was you know and that's that's what's fun about it you know just when you're relaxing and you're having a good time and just kind of enjoying mother nature and company and all of a sudden man there it is right there you know oh yeah Yes, yes, sir. I love it, but uh, it is fun. It's uh, it's real fun to get out there with friends and family and just spend time and have fun. Hopefully, you can kill something. But uh, yeah. Now, do you guys use a bunch? Now, here's a, I'm a Missouri guy. I haven't hunted in Georgia, but one time and I was shooting some hogs. Uh, now, do you guys run a lot of decoys and stuff like that down that way? 
Um, you're on my yeah, podcast. That now. Would... You're on the Harrison Hooten Stick podcast. <laughs> on the Harrison Hooten Stick. Uh, glad, to, glad you that, got to join that... me. <laughs> <laughs> that would depend. It depends on the situation. Um, public land. So so. We yeah, it's uh, probably more. Less. Yeah, seventy percent no decoys. Thirty yeah. percent probably have one decoy out. Um, public land. I mean, our private land spots, the birds tend to react pretty good to decoys. Um, it tends, it tends, it seems to help more with the decoy out on my my place anyway, my spots anyway. It tends to help me more with decoys than without. Um, I've killed a couple, and we've caught a couple birds up without them. Um, but usually, if they come in and they can actually see what they're hearing, um, they tend to react better on the private spots. Right. But public land. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they see so many decoys and they walk up and they like see the turkey and it's not moving and they're just like, mm, something ain't right. right. Um, so yeah, it, it, it really just depends. Um, but, yeah, but we have, a, we're, we're know, not the... against it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, I'm just saying we're not totally dick against it. Now we don't, I know like a lot of guys in the Midwest and they, yeah, the reaping stuff is big out there, which we don't do a whole lot of that. Here, just because the terrain is different, it's, I mean, it's it's hard to we're we're just not as open. Yeah. Um, and reaping so. on public ground is a no no anyway because that's oh yeah you're oh, gonna yeah. be reaping oh, you'll yeah. get reaped on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 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 Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. that's kind of how we are now. If I'm field hunting or I'm on private ground in the edge of fields and stuff, I run a lot of decoys. If I'm in the timber. I pretty much never run a decoy just because I'm letting them birds come in and look for me. You know, uh, my my theory on the on turkeys, you know, if, if they can see you out in the field and they got a visual, I think it helps a little bit. In the timber like that, I like to play the old uh, call less and let the curiosity get to them and let them work into you because I think I think the birds tend to work better because I've had them I've had them in the timber lock up on me before on decoys and just want to strut where they know they're safe at. Where if I wouldn't have had that yeah. decoy out, they'd have walked right into me, and I could have shot them, you know, like that. And yeah, yeah. and I'm and that, and that's how I feel. Uh, go ahead, James. And you know, I'm a big, you know, a lot of guys run friction calls. I don't, you know, mouth calls and this. And you know, one of the things I, I, I like to talk to people about and tell them, you know, I run. You know, I'm a big wing bone guy. I like wing bones just because not a lot of guys run them. They got a different sound. And uh, you know, I run my mouth calls. I run a couple, you know, a slate call, friction call, box call. So. I mean, I carry that stuff out there because, and and you can t- testify to it if you've turkey on any, you know, one day that box call may light them up and they may gobble their brains out and come right in. And then the next day you'll hit the same call and they won't, they won't just hit it, you know? So yeah, I, I carry more stuff out there and, you know, just, just work them. You know, the main thing is a lot of guys like me that are competition callers. I love to call turkeys. I love to make the noise. So I got to really gear myself back so I don't call too much. And uh, try to, you know, to the new turkey hunters out there and to the guys like that is uh, keep keep in mind how much you're calling and keep in mind the volume you're calling, you know, because turkeys are only so loud. So, yeah, you want to keep that in mind because you get a lot of new guys out there that, man, they really they grab a box call up and they're trying to they got a little pile of sawdust on the bottom of her when they're done you know and uh you're like yeah, yeah. slow her down a little yeah. bit dude. yeah but uh you know and that's i try to you know my approach on turkeys is always just keep it as real as possible you know yep. as far as 
my turkey sounds, my wings coming in, scratching in the leaves. You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth, and I tend to use that theory on turkey hunting a lot. Yep. That's a lot of good stuff there. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, yeah, this is going to be a great oh, yeah. podcast. Well, yeah, you edit out everything I said, <clears throat> except for the out-hooting part. You got a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Well, yeah. keep that crow nah. call in there, too. That crow yeah, call. Yeah, we'll, 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 keep, we'll keep the crow in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, could keep talk- I, could, I could keep talking, but I got to get up at 4.30 in the morning <laughs> and hit the gym. Oh, I get up at 3.30 to uh, go to work, and I don't if, if if I oh, see yeah. Jim in the morning, yeah. I might hit him, but that's all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess, uh, Man. we can go ahead and wrap this up, James. Uh, if you'd like, throw out some plugs out there. Tell everybody where you can, uh, they can get all your stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, if you, uh, if you go to Hooks Custom Calls, you know, hookscustomcalls.com, they also got Hooks Calls, Facebook. We're on Instagram there. Uh, I got a Facebook page called Harrison Custom Calls. And uh, you can hit us up that way, you know, and go from there. You know, Hooks Custom Calls, Harrison Custom Calls. You know, if you type in uh, Harrison Hooten Stick, you'll find us somewhere on there. I guarantee it. You know, hit Google and yes, either hit, hit Hooks Calls or Harrison Hooten Stick, and uh, we'll pop up somewhere there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, man. Yeah, James, I, we really, really appreciate you coming on here, man. It was really great talking with oh, you man i appreciate being on here i love to talk turkeys you know and i i just like to enjoy the conversation talking about owl hooting and stuff like that because i mean you you put so much in it like you guys put in the podcast and stuff and it's enjoyable to be able to spend time and do that yes sir i because i could i could do it all night long but i know yeah. eventually my wife's gonna <laughs> want me to bed and that, that that it's gonna be hard to go to the gym in the morning and i, I don't want to i'm tired of being fat so <laughs> um <laughs> hey, as you get older that fat thing will just hang in there dude i'm tired of it too, but I'm, I'm learning to live with it you know 